Hi everyone, I'm Elizabeth Stein, founder and CEO of Purely Elizabeth, and this is Live Purely with Elizabeth, featuring candid conversations about how to thrive on your wellness journey. This week's guest is Megan Roop, celebrity fitness instructor and founder of The Sculpt Society, one of my personal favorite workouts. Known for her simplified dance cardio moves, her workout blends dance cardio and sculpting workouts that are designed to create a long, lean, and strong body. Megan takes the pressure off of results and before and afters as it helps her community focus on finding the joy in movement and creates a healthy balance in their lives. In this episode, Megan shares all about her journey, starting with her struggles in her early 20s, where she didn't have the best relationship with exercise or food, and through therapy, changed her story to feel strong and confident in her body. Realizing that workouts shouldn't be torture, and instead joyful and fun, she created a whole new fitness movement. We talk about Megan's intuitive eating food philosophy today, tips on growing a brand on social, how to incorporate more joyful things in your life, how to stay consistent, and committing to less so you can show up for more. I had so much fun chatting with Megan. Keep listening to hear all the great nuggets of inspiration. I know a lot of you out there love a great nut butter, which is why I'm so excited to share with you my all-time favorite, Nutso, the original mix nut and seed butter brand, delivering amazingly delicious blends of nuts and seeds in every jar. Nutso is a women-led business driven by the passion of founder and CEO Danielle Lavolsi, who in the process of solving a personal nutritional problem created a whole new product category. Danielle was actually our very first podcast guest, so if you want to hear all the details of her story, head to the very first episode. Nutso's products are a total upgrade to regular mono butters, mixing in nutrient-dense nuts and seeds like Brazil nuts, almonds, chia, and flax, and not adding any sugar, thank God, so the products taste amazing. I love having it by the spoonful, or of course, putting a dollop on top of my purely oatmeal in the morning for some good fats and protein. I also love that Nutso isn't just about making great food products, they are equally passionate about their nonprofit, Project Left Behind, and its mission to provide food, shelter, and vital resources for underprivileged children. So I highly suggest you stock up on your new favorite nut butter, and you will definitely thank me later. Nutso's products are non-GMO project verified, gluten-free, palm oil-free, soy-free, refined sugar-free, and some varieties, peanut-free, tree nut-free, and organic. You can find Nutso in retailers nationwide like Costco, Walmart, Kroger, Whole Foods, as well as Sprouts and Irwan, and online at Amazon, Thrive, and Nutso.com, where you can get 30% off your order with code NUTSOPE at checkout. That's N-U-T-T-Z-O-P-E at checkout on Nutso.com for 30% off. Enjoy! Megan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being on today. As I just said, I'm such a huge fan of yours and love incorporating your workouts into my routine. I got started at the beginning of COVID and now it's so nice to meet you in person because it feels like I know you since I see you on screen all the time. Well, I feel like I know you too, because it's so funny over the course of COVID when I see people posting sweaty selfies or them working out with me. I get to know them too. So I know your face from Instagram (laughs) and I'm so excited to be here. So thank you for having me. Awesome. So at Purely Elizabeth, our mission is really helping our community 
thrive on their wellness journey. And we're recording this now in in January. So I do think it's important to acknowledge that it is a journey. And I love really your approach to fitness and how that all fits into that journey and, and really feeling your best, because I feel like after experiencing even five minutes of your quickies, it's like, you just feel so good. And it's that, you know, small approach, but before we get into all that, I really want to start with your personal wellness journey. Have you always been into fitness, dance, et cetera? Where did this all start for you? Yeah, it started with dance. So I grew up um, really with classical ballet being my world. And then in high school, joined my high school dance team while I was still doing ballet And then went to NYU's Tisch Dance program where I was doing modern and contemporary and ballet. And and then in my professional life, went on to to dance professionally. So movement's always been a part of my lifestyle. I never looked at dance as quote unquote fitness. And so I think for me, my fitness journey really probably began in college when I started to frequent the gym and I would really float around the gym not knowing what I was doing, honestly, hating every second I was on (laughs) the treadmill or the elliptical thinking that that was what I was supposed to be doing tons of cardio. And I think I was not in a great place with my relationship with my body. I was in my early twenties then. And just thinking that I needed to kind of beat myself up in the gym in order to, to get to the place I wanted to quote unquote be. And so for me, it wasn't until I discovered dance-based fitness and discovered this different way of movement and group fitness and being with other women in a room and teaching them and and finding my own confidence in my own body through that type of movement practice that really this idea of fitness being something joyful and fun. That was like a, a, for me, like an egg being cracked open. I felt just this big discovery moment. And that was really not until my mid twenties. So I was already dancing professionally I started teaching and then just quickly fell in love with, with that aspect of not only that movement practice for my own self, but also being able to teach other women how to connect with themselves, to discover that confidence and empowerment within their own bodies. Wow. So I guess taking a step back to the time in the gym and you're running on the treadmill and hating it. I think a lot of people that resonates with that, like you just don't enjoy what you're doing, but people feel like, Hey, I should be doing this thing. So I think that's a really important thing to acknowledge. You also mentioned not feeling so comfortable in your body and having that relationship. What did that look like for you? And how did that change? Or was it really starting to find this different movement? Yeah, I think, gosh, I went through this journey within my early twenties, really right out of high school, trying to figure out what I was meant to be doing. And I think for my first year year in college at this point, yeah, yeah. My first year in college, I wasn't pursuing dance. And I think that was a really hard year for myself, not understanding why I was so unhappy, even though now it's very clear I was unhappy because I wasn't pursuing dance. So I think a lot of times as humans, instead of identifying the actual feelings of anxiety or why we were unhappy, we turned to something to numb. And for me, it was over-exercising and being really focused on diet and nutrition and thinking that I needed to change that aspect of myself to be happy. And I've always talked about that. It could be anything from like drugs or alcohol, whatever you're using, relationships, sex to numb yourself. I, what I needed to do in that time was actually just tune back into myself to, to, understand what it was. And it was really simple. When I figured that out, it was simple, 
but it took me a while to get there. And I think that understanding that component of why I was unhappy, then pursuing dance. So I, I felt a little more confident in that journey, but how did you had, figure that out? Did you, I went to a therapist. Okay. Yeah. I, I came back from my freshman year of college, really unhappy. And I knew, and that also isn't like my personality, right? I'm, I'm a, a generally a very upbeat, positive person. And I, this year of just darkness for me and knowing that this obsession with food and fitness and like this idea of, I don't know, I just was so sick of those, that thought process. And I knew it wasn't um, healthy and I wanted to talk to someone. And so she really, I was only with her for, I think two or three sessions. She really cracked that like within the first session, I probably, (laughs) it was great. I honestly should have been like in therapy for much longer to, to kind of undo that, those patterns and that behavior that I had gone through in that first year of college. So I think that was the missing component, but the other component that I think went with it was discovering dance-based fitness. So understanding a way of moving outside of my traditional dance classes, because yes, that was bringing me joy and lighting me up. But I think understanding how to feel strong and confident in my own body was such a a pivotal moment in my life. And really I was able to just change that, not only change that conversation I was having with myself about my body, the stories I was telling myself, but also move in a way that supported that empowerment and that confidence. So ultimately you started feeling how wonderful you felt doing dance movement. And then where did the idea or how did that journey lead into yeah, Sculpt Society yeah. ultimately? So it was and talk lot- about the method for those who don't yeah, know. Certainly. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a long time. So I was dancing professionally. I was teaching in New York at a boutique studio, but I was also taking a lot. I, I, I just, so I discovered that I love fitness. So I get really obsessed with trying other really perfecting how I teach. Right. So I I knew I wasn't an expert. So I, you know, I got certified. I took a million boutique classes in New York, studied how other people taught what I liked, what I didn't like, and really started to formulate what I would want in a dance-based fitness. And that's really where the Sculpt Society was born. So I really felt like there was a big gap in boutique fitness, but specifically in dance-based fitness. I felt like unless you were a dancer, you couldn't walk into one of these classes and feel successful. You were being told to work out for hours a day, which I thought was total bullshit. Sorry, <laughs> I <was> like, <laughs> And it just didn't feel, it didn't feel warm and welcoming. So the, the combination of just wanting to create a class that really felt open to anyone at any level, I wanted women to come in, feel successful. I wanted women to come in and feel welcomed. I wanted to create a community of women where friendships were being made. I wanted to create something that was fun, right? This, again, like this idea of like being on the treadmill and counting every calorie, I hated that torture aspect of fitness. And I kept on seeing that whether it was in a boutique dance-based fitness class, or I don't know, at a boot camp class, we were all torturing ourselves. And I wanted women to discover the way I felt in my movement, which was that this was the first joyful, fun experience I was creating for myself and how actually that created better results in my body. So when you actually took away the focus of torturing yourself and burning calories and you know all the BS that yeah. we're all given, if you actually take that away and doing a well program, I think the Sculpt Society is well programmed. Very well programmed. That, 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 is, <laughs> that is fun and joyful you not only are going to feel so much better, you're going to be more consistent because you enjoy it, but then you're also going to get the better results because we're so 
so less focused on this like physical aspect of working out. Yeah. Of like what we, of what we need to quote unquote look like, right. The goal of the, of all of that. Yeah. I think that joy aspect is so important. It's like, you want to wake up and do it because yeah. you know, you feel good mentally. It's not even the physical. Yeah. And honestly, and that's the key to this fitness journey. And it's just like with food, it's the key is the consistency, right? So I, and I, well, we can sure we'll talk about later, but you know, showing up and doing it every day. And it doesn't mean it needs to be an hour a day. It literally could be just 10 minutes, but it's the, it's the practice of doing it because the more we can get out of our heads and into our bodies and feel grounded, the more we're going to want to do it. And that's when we start to see all the good stuff happen. So, yeah. And I, I think I skipped over what the Sculpt Society is. Yeah. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know what the Sculpt Society is, I blend really easy to follow dance cardio and low impact full body sculpting. So the, the real premise of the workout is sculpting. I really just sprinkle in dance cardio. I think that's a big misconception around the method. I keep it very, very simple. So really, if you are a dancer or not a dancer, you will get it. And it, that's just sprinkled in with a bunch of amazing full body workouts. So when did you actually launch Sculpt Society officially? So I launched in-person classes in March of 2017. I didn't find, I didn't find a home. I didn't find a studio in New York probably because I was turned down from my first audition until April of 2017. And then I launched the Sculpt Society app in November of 2019. So that was a really pivotal part for you, certainly given pandemic and and otherwise. But if you want to talk a little bit about that, how that changed things for you. Yeah. So I think I was cultivating this community in New York, which I felt so grateful for and and just word of mouth was spreading and my classes were filling up and I, I loved it, but I was also killing myself. I was doing seven classes, 10 classes a week. I was doing a million privates and I kept on wondering how I was going to be, be able to sustain all of this. And I also had a lot of clients who traveled a lot and a lot of people who would travel into New York and, you know, would say, we wish we could take you with us home. And then around me, the explosion of digital was happening. Obviously Peloton had been out for a while and it just made sense that I would, I would attempt a digital platform, hoping that it would resonate with, with my community. And so we launched in November. It was a risk. It was a financial risk. I put a lot of money into it and the silver lining for me around the pandemic was of course, now there are so many more people at home looking for a platform. And and luckily we were only four months into the Sculpt Society app being alive, but we had a lot of content already up on the app. And then I had of course, immediately started going live on the Sculpt Society app because we had that component in place behind the scenes. So I felt really lucky to just have that infrastructure ready when obviously there were so many people at, at home. Yeah. And, and now being back to a little bit of traveling, like I have loved having it that you can be in your hotel room or your small apartment and just have this tiny space to be able to do your workout. Yeah. And we see people going back to the gym and people are always like, well, do you think, you know, what will happen? And I, I, I see so many of our TSS fam community members taking a Sculpt Society into the gym with them, because again, you're this idea of going to the gym I still see so many people just floating, like there's no structure. And I think if you can bring me, bring your personal trainer with Mm -hmm. you, 
giving you these classes, maybe your apartment's too small. I don't believe that because I filmed so many in my tiny New York City apartment. <laughs> but, um, but it is a really great thing to, to travel with or to go to the gym with. So what were some of the biggest struggles for you really in starting out and building this personal brand, a fitness brand, et cetera? Gosh, well, on which front, I guess on digital or just in the very, yeah, Yeah. I think, I mean, it seems like it's kind of two phases of really how your business has. Yeah. I think in the beginning, it was just how to spread the message. I was starting from scratch. I knew I knew word of mouth was going to be really powerful. And I, and I knew if I could just get people to come in and experience the Sculpt Society, that they would come back and that they would tell their friends. But how do you just start teaching? I didn't have any social media presence at the time. So it was just, it was really learning on the go and really finding, figuring out social media for myself, realizing how that could echo the echo chamber of social media and how powerful that is, but also just really leaning into the community. Even if for months, two people just showed up to my class, I would make it the best experience that they could possibly have. And I still have that mindset when I'm teaching, whether it's digital or in, in real life, that it is so important that everyone feels seen, that everyone has the best experience. So whether I am working with a celebrity, an influencer, or Sally Joe, I always talk about this. It's so important to me that everyone gets the same and that they feel seen because it's it's tough to show up to workout class, whether it's in real life or digitally. And I, it's so important to me that I'm a friendly face. I'm a person that's welcoming, welcoming them um, and empowering them um, to feel good to move with me. So what are some of your best tips? I would say you've amassed an incredible following now on social, and that's not easy to do, especially like in this day and age. It's so hard, I think, for people just coming onto social right now and growing that following. What are some of your tips that have really helped? And I certainly, I think they're resonating, you know, just yeah. with the community on its yeah. own, but I think first of all, even in 2017, I felt like I was late to the game, right? There was social was very, it was already up and running. And I was like, shoot, I'm so late. So I don't think this idea, if you are just starting out now, you're not late. I think it's just carving out your niche, your community, what you're providing, what you're offering the people that are following you. So I think also having the mindset, you may only have a hundred, only a hundred followers, but if they're sticky and there are hundred followers and they're loving your content and you're engaging with them, um, that is really powerful. I would rather have a smaller community that's more engaged than having millions of followers that are less engaged. So don't us- underestimate the power of your small engaged community. Answer all of your DMs, really engage back with who's following you, make them feel seen on social. I think for me, a, a big way I grew in the beginning was cross collaborating with other influencers, big and small. That was a big way for me to grow. And I'm, I'm still, I'd still do a lot of that cross collaboration. I find that that's, you know, finding new audiences on social has been helpful. And then again, just c- continuing to provide content to the people that are, are tuning in. Like, what are they actually, what are they learning from you? How is, how are they by following you? Like, what are they getting in, in from their day from following you? I am always thinking about how I can either further educate or make laugh or make something, make them laugh or, or bring joy, whatever it is, just continuing to create content around that. 
That's great. I think you're also like your approach to building community, whether it's through your lives, where it is like getting that feedback and people really probably feel, you know, connected in that way. Yeah. And I feel so lucky. I think again, if you are using social for business purposes, it's a direct line to your customer, right? So I get to talk to people every day on Instagram that are using my product and I get to create and pivot and change things on the Sculpt Society app based on like the communication I'm having directly with my customers. So I feel really lucky in that way. And I think, again, whether you're just starting out or or thinking about how you can use social to really impact your business. What's been the biggest change that you've made from that feedback? I think in the beginning I was doing maybe like two challenges a year and the constant feedback I was getting from the TSS fam was that these challenges really made them feel accountable. They wanted to show up. They wanted to print out that calendar. They loved that. It made them feel more like they could be more consistent with working out. So we've really leaned into the challenges and and the calendars. And now it's like monthly, whereas before we weren't, it was like two or three times a year. That's great. Yeah. So switching gears a little bit back to food and kind of that relationship, would love to dive into what your food philosophy is today and really how that changed, like how you were able to have that better relationship with food. Yeah. So in my early twenties, I went through cycles of yo-yo dieting and binging, and it was just years of feeling tied to whatever fad diet I was doing. And of course being unsuccessful in it because diets don't work as we all know. And so I just got to this point of frustration and I read this book, Woman, Food and God by Janine Roth. And it really opened my eyes to what intuitive eating was. It's a great Um, book, by the way, for anybody. (laughs) Yes. It's a great book. And it really just made me understand that um, it's also simple. We as humans complicate things, especially when it comes to food, we want the next miracle diet that's going to shed the pounds. And I think if we actually scrap all of that diet mindset and we actually can tune into ourselves, what makes us, what food do we enjoy? What food makes us feel good, feel energized and continuing to just strive to eat real whole food. That's what I do. My philosophy is really intuitively eating, trusting myself around food and indulging of course, when I want to, but does it make me feel great afterwards? Not really. So the next day I go back to the foods that really, again, fuel me and give me energy. So it's not, there's no rules. There's no good food, bad food. I don't look at food in that way anymore. And that definitely took years. People always ask me like, how do you go from, you know, that diet culture mindset to intuitively eating? And I think it just takes time and it takes time building that trust back up with yourself that your body is going to give you the cues of when you're hungry, when you're satisfied and trusting them and knowing that you don't need to be confined with a set of rules around food. Because I think as, especially as Americans, we're, we, we just grow up with all of these diet culture mindsets around food, what food is good and what's bad and what we can and can't have. But the second you take away those rules, I'm telling you the freedom on the other side, it feels so good. Totally. I'm a firm believer in 80, 20, if that's even a rule, but just like that yeah. same mentality of not having that restriction. Are there any other tips, I guess, around that transition for someone who is so focused to 
you know, I think that book as an example is great. What other things, if any, can you think of, of like, how do you really shift? I think too, it's, it's kind of like fitness. It's, you have to play around with food, play around with fitness, what works for you and your body and, and, and listening to the cues of your body. I know for me, I love hummus, but if I have a lot of hummus, I feel really bloated. I don't feel great afterwards. So just tuning into it. I think we're oftentimes so numbed out that if we actually could just take a second and just tune into those cues and also maybe even talking to a professional, I think sometimes there's just like weird stigma about that. But if you are someone who really wants to get into that groove of intuitive eating and, and, and you are still so stuck in that diet culture mindset and the rules talk to a professional who can guide you and, and has, have like more tools in their toolbox. Yeah, I think that's a great one. And I feel like today more than ever, there's so many online resources for that, that it, it does feel so much more accessible that you don't need to find somebody in your community where you can go, but yeah, um, you know, you can find somebody online. I think another, to your point of really tuning in when I was doing nutrition counseling way back in the day, it was keeping a journal so that you actually like connected because I think so many of us don't even connect like, oh, I have a stomach ache after I ate that, or I was tired after I had that bagel for breakfast and yeah. maybe like writing it down one or two days to really connect the, the dots. Yeah. So like actually the feelings you have after you've eaten something. Yeah. I love that idea. Yeah. With taking the tracking out of it <laughs> right. as a former <laughs> tracker, I would like literally write down every calorie I ate. So I think and yeah, like what is, what are those actual feelings? Like that's, right. I love that. So any favorite, sounds like you love hummus, but sometimes not so good. <laughs> what, are, what are your, some of your other favorite? Well, you know, you know, I love your grain-free <laughs> with Greek yogurt. That's like, honestly, I lived off of that in my pregnancy. You're the, van- is it the vanilla crunch? Am I saying that? Vanilla right? almond butter. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's whatever you guys do over there, that's like literally golden. I love that. I love, honestly, I think too, in my pregnancy, I was, I I, I just, there's so many foods I couldn't eat that I, I went really hard on, on protein smoothies, but I I now love it. I never was a smoothie person before, but I really do. What's your favorite protein smoothie concoction? Um, Ritual has a really great protein powder. So I'll use almond milk, ice, protein powder, I'll use almond butter, bananas, blueberries, spinach, and then sometimes uh, chia seeds and flaxseed. And I'll put that into a big mix. And that's really just a snack. I think a lot of people are like, oh, that's like your meal. I'm like, I, that's a snack. I need to chew something as like a, (laughs) on the side. So either having like that and some granola, I still have my hummus. I just won't eat the whole thing of hummus, you know? Um, (laughs) Do you have a favorite hummus brand? I don't, I don't discriminate against hummuses. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love, if you follow me on social, you know, I love eggs, Ezekiel bread, avocado. Those are like my go-tos. So what about your kind of day-to-day approach to wellness and you know, what tips do you have or rituals do you have for feeling your best? We can do a morning and a night routine too, if we yeah. want to separate it like that. Yeah. I think so many of us, I think kind of going back to what you were saying about writing in the journal journal, I think it's sitting down with yourself and writing out like the top five to 10 things that you really enjoy doing, whether that's meeting a friend for coffee, going for a walk outside, 
It could be anything, journaling, cooking yourself dinner, pouring yourself a glass of wine with your partner and actually having no screens on for dinner and talking, whatever it is, writing out those 10 things. I think that those small peaks of enjoyment and joy integrated into your day-to-day is is wellness because so many of us are just going through our day and we're not doing the things that we really enjoy. So I think we can do more, more of those small things throughout our day. Like that's like my biggest tip of, you know, getting outside, going for a walk, if that's something that you really love and it, it just kind of gives you that break in the day. So for me, I think, you know, my morning routine, I always like, I know what I should be doing. Like, I know I should be implementing a little bit more meditation. And I know when I am doing my meditations on the Sculpt Study app, those are five minutes. They're guided. I love them. I feel so much better, but it's waking up, not looking at my phone, which is something I need to work on. So, so hard. Why, why don't I give you my ideal day? And okay. <laughs> this, is, this isn't stuff I definitely, I'm failing at some of these things, but I would wake up. But it's I a journey. Would, so it's a journey. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Progress, not perfection. We're, you know, waking up, not looking at my phone, going and drinking my lemon water, making my coffee, sitting down and doing a five minute guided meditation, waking up with Harlow, getting her ready, and then going into my movement practice with the Sculpt Society, whether that's filming something live or doing one of the workouts. That to me is like a perfect morning. And then after that workout, going, getting, grabbing um, a fancier cup of coffee with my husband outside for a walk. That would be like the perfect morning. Sounds ideal. (laughs) (laughs) And if I get to like three of those things, it's a good day, you know? And then at night, I think, again, something I, 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 I'm really working on not scrolling so much on social. I'm not great at sticking to that, but putting my phone away, making dinner with my husband, having my nightly routine with Harlow before, and then some type of unwind, whether that's like an Epsom salt bath or a shower or even just 30 minutes watching TV and then reading in bed at night before I go to sleep a little bit of CBD, and then honestly getting to bed early enough where I can have a full eight to nine hours. I honestly love sleep so much and that's an indulgence. So I get to bed pretty early. I do too at 8.30. I know. I was literally, we were in bed at 8.30 reading last night. That's so awesome. It's great. (laughs) It's great. So I'm so curious to hear what your workout routine is and how how often, I guess in the day, are you have, are you doing your routine and then how often are you doing something else, if anything? Yeah. So it's interesting. I think the biggest discovery I had during the pandemic was going from teaching. I mean, sometimes 10 to 20 hours a week of physical fitness for me to the pandemic where I was only doing my daily lives that were under 30 minutes and giving myself rest days. And the biggest aha moment for me during that time was how committing to less, as you probably have heard me say a million times, so that you can show up more. The impact not only for me physically was amazing. I thought I was going to see changes in a negative way from not working out as much. So it was eye-opening to me to see the positive changes from actually scaling down what I was doing physically and actually the power in, like I said before, a well-programmed 20 to 30 minute class each day 
what that can actually do. And I feel like my body during quarantine had never been stronger. Um, and I had never felt better. And that was from that's awesome. shorter amounts of workouts. So I think during quarantine, I was really, the only workouts I was doing were the ones I was going live on the Sculpt Society app. Literally, that was the it. That was it. I had no private clients during that time. And so now it's a little different. Now I'm in LA, things are getting opening back up. I'm still going live on the Sculpt Society app a couple times a week. I'm, I've implemented a little bit of private training, but it, it, it's, it's now a balance of, of, of knowing that my body actually prefers not as much that I'm, as I'm doing now. So I'm still trying to figure out that schedule, how that feels in my body and making sure I have enough downtime for myself because I am such a believer in, in committing to less when it comes to workouts and, and the power behind a quickie. Yeah. So let's get into that. And really for people, again, we're sitting here in January, everyone's got these new year's resolutions or resets and ideas and how I think your approach to like, Hey, you can just do start small. I'm such a believer in that. I think as humans, we want to kind of go from like zero to a hundred and it never works just like a fad diet never works. It is all about finding a movement practice that resonates with you. That brings you joy. And if it is the Sculpt Society, amazing. And I think what we bring at the Sculpt Society is the power of a quickie. So if you are just starting out, all I want you to do is commit to 10 to 15 minutes a day consistently four to five times a week. Build that trust with yourself, build that consistency with yourself. And then you'll notice you craving it, wanting to come back to it. And then you'll probably want to do a second quickie, which is great, but I only want you to commit to one. And then once you've completed that, you have the option if desired to stack it. So I think give, it's almost like a little bit of a game you can play with yourself. <laughs> I, I do it all the time. I'm like, okay, Megan, I don't feel like working out today. I know I'm going to feel better. So just fine. Pick one 10 minute workout and I'll do that. And I'll feel so much better. And then I end up doing another and I'll stack it and it becomes 20 minutes, sometimes 30. So I think if, if everyone can actually commit to less that they can show up more during, during the week for themselves, then they will see um, the power behind that consistency. I love that. So as you have had not so as much time committed to that and now balancing having Harlow and this business that is now taken off, let's dive a little bit into how that has been for you? It's been a lot. <laughs> it's been a lot. I don't even know where to start. Um, you know, I, it was just me for the first year. My husband would help me. He had a full-time job in sales in New York. And, you know, I was drowning in work, doing everything from support to talking to my factories in China about equipment to creating the content, editing the content, putting it up on the back end of the app. I mean, everything that goes into it, I was doing accounting. And so I think the biggest shift for me was bringing people on board that could help support me. I'm still in that, in that we're still a small and scrappy team. My husband now is full-time with the Sculpt Society. And the biggest thing he's really helped me understand is just the power behind bringing on people so that I can lean into the things I'm best at doing, which is creating content showing up for my community, teaching classes, 
really the creative aspect of the Sculpt Society. Mm-hmm. My time looking at accounts, like working with an accountant and, and <laughs> all that is it's not fun. <laughs> and it's also not the best use of my time. So, you know, we're slowly growing our team internally and just trying to get into a better work-life balance. I say that though, and we own a small business and right. I knew going into that, that would probably mean seven days a week, 24 hours a day for the first I don't know, five to 10 years. I'm only I was going to say I'm on year 12 and it's still that. I know. I I think when you do own your own business and I saw, you know, my dad owned his own business growing up and I think I saw that. And I, I, so it's not, it's not like a surprise to me that this has been the workload. I think I'm prepared for that. And I think now it's just, it's just finding the right amount of support internally with our team so that again, I can focus on, on what I'm good at. Totally. And I think it's finding like what that balance, what you identifying really what you need. Yes. And I think, yeah, I think for me, I think it has been, it's been very physically demanding and it's also been seven days a week. So I think in the, in 2022, I would love to find one, maybe two days where it's a little bit of work maybe in the morning. And then I have like my family time now with Harlow and Morgan and we're doing something fun, like implementing more fun things into my life, whether it's going outside for a hike or I don't even know, like grilling outside in the backyard, just almost like scheduling that in is really important to me in 2022, because I know for me, those downtimes are, makes me a better business owner, right? I am more invigorated. I'm more energized. I'm fresh and I'm ready to go when that new week comes. Yeah. I I'm feel in total alignment. 2022 (laughs) is the year of just more fun and putting more of that into your life. So what else is next for you guys in 2022? We are, I think the, the biggest thing for 2022 is just building out our internal team. I really want when someone thinks of dance cardio and sculpt, for the Sculpt Society to be the first company that they think of. We want to grow the community and we want to keep our members who are currently with us super happy and and really listening to them. And and like I said, what is it that they're loving? What can we provide? How can we provide more support to them? And really thinking about that that journey with with each of our members and and making sure it's just the best in class. Well, you have many in-person, anything happening? I know we did a a mini TSS tour around the country in the fall, which was amazing for me to connect with so many community members. I would love to do that maybe in the summer again. And then it's so, I know I would love to teach once a week in LA. I just need to find a studio. There are so many New York studios that have that incubator mindset where you could come in and teach. And there's not a lot of that in LA. So if you're listening and you're in LA and you have a studio that I could come teach at, I would love that. But yeah, it would be really nice to connect in person once a week in LA, but we'll see. I just need to find a space. (laughs) Well, excited to hear about a possible summer tour. So fun. Yes. Yes. So we're going to hop into some rapid fire Q and A right now. Okay. Starting with the best advice that you've gotten in the last six months. Oh, I don't know. I, I'm such a perfectionist and I want to be the best. (laughs) Um, And I think sometimes to a fault when it comes to comparison and my, my work-life balance. So I think maybe just the mindset of, of, comparing less. I was talking to my mom and she was like, there's always going to be someone better. There's always going to be someone doing more. Um, 
so you comparing yourself to those people are, are, that's not going to serve you in any way. Concentrate on what you're doing, who you're serving, your community, and continue to show up and work hard and, and be the best at what you are doing. But I think just focusing less on, on that comparison, that's given me a sense of freedom in the last couple of months. I love that. Yeah. I think that's a great one. Someone you wish that you could give a private class to. Who's on that dream list? I mean, I was because you've had some pretty amazing people. I know. (laughs) I would love to. I mean, now that I'm in LA, I think of the Kardashians. I would. I would. They're business ladies, and I would love to connect with them. Kate Hudson would be so fun. Gosh, I feel like there's just so many amazing people that I would love to connect with. But those are top of mind. I'm I'm putting that out to the universe for you (laughs) too. (laughs) Three random things that you're currently loving. Ooh. Well, now that I'm not pregnant, I love CBD at night for sleep. And that's been like a saving grace. Um, What is the particular CBD that you take? I really like Equilibria Women has a great one. And then Highline Wellness is great as well. Those two are are my go-tos. Oh, I also have TheraBody compression boots at home, which I've been very into. And do you do that every day or is that not every day? I I probably could. It's great. They have like different settings you can do from 15 minutes to an hour. Another product I love. Ooh, I'm sorry. I'm really bad at these rapid fire questions. Um, What's another product? It could also be a TV show or a book, like anything that you've just. We're we're watching Succession right now. I hated the first two or one and a half seasons and now I finally get it. So we're very into that. Good for you for like hanging on for so long. My my husband was so into it and he kept on, he was like, Megan, please. So I would just like, (laughs) I would reluctantly watch and it it was long and, but it's good. It's worth the journey. I I now get it. (laughs) What do you want more of in your life? I would love more playtime. What do you want less of? Less scrolling on my phone. Do you have any tips for less scrolling? No, do you? <laughs> I just started putting a timer on my phone. I have a timer too, but I ignore it. Right. I was going to say like the first couple of days, I was like, okay, this is great. And now I'm hitting ignore and that's not every, t- every time it's like, you've been on for X amount of time. I'm like, okay. And then right. I keep going. <laughs> It needs um, to yeah. like really lock you out or something. Yeah. yeah. I think um, less scrolling. I've muted a lot of account of a lot of accounts that I found I was having that comparison game with. And again, these are accounts and people that I like, but if you find yourself, if you're listening that, that you follow people that you may really like, but it somehow triggers you and, and you gives you the, that comparison feeling muting has been really great. And just making sure you're following accounts that you actually enjoy and that it's content that you're wanting to consume. Yeah. That's inspiring. Yeah. A meal that you'll never forget. My mom is such a great cook. I just have so many memories of her, like her go-to meals growing up. Like she's got a great spicy chicken and grilled vegetables. Where did you grow up? They're, they're actually South African. I grew up, we moved around so much. I grew up, um, I was born in Orange County. I lived in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho until I was 13. I lived in Cape town for a year. And then I ended up in Santa Barbara for high school, but they brought their, my mom's always, she's been healthy since like a healthy cook since I can remember. I mean, I was having Ezekiel bread when I was like four. Yeah. I mean, she's like cooked with olive oil. Like she's always just been like a Mediterranean style cook. And so I think, but cooked like delicious meals, simple, delicious meals. So I think it's just anything that she makes. 
What a good inspiration. I know. Your favorite Sculpt Society moment that you've had? The tour was amazing. I mean, truly amazing to connect with with so many people who were with me throughout the pandemic and moments where we all just were going through that together, right? And it was a really dark moment. And and to be able to see so many faces that I saw over social, over lives and be able to see them in person, that was like really powerful for me. What is your number one non-negotiable to thrive on your wellness journey? Oh, can you give me an example? Like, what do you mean? If you didn't do this one thing, which oh, I, oh, I could oh. guess what oh. yours might <laughs> I mean, be. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my, honestly, my, my movement is my meditation. It, tr- the power of movement, and I'm not talking hours a day, I'm talking 10 minutes of moving my body is truly transformative. And I know, honestly, for most people it is too. It's just it's just the, it's just showing up for yourself and doing it most days. I think if most people could show up for just 10 minutes a day, it would transform their lives. If you only had 10 minutes to either do arms, your butt, your legs, abs, what's your go-to or what do you like, if I just do this one thing, I'll feel better than something else or just make a difference. I think it depends on how I'm feeling, but go to 10 minutes. Dance cardio is such an emotional release for me. I think moving to the beat of the music, I've had so many like crying sessions doing dance cardio. I know that sounds really weird, but if I've had a stressful day and I I just do a 10 minute quickie uh, dance cardio, that release is, is amazing. And then if I just want something like super challenging. I would say like a, a 10 minute core is always a great way for me to, I'm on my back or in a plank and that's, that feels like tough, but doable. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, in closing, anything that we haven't touched on that you want to make sure we talk about? Well, if you're interested in the Sculpt Society app, you can try a seven day free trial. I know we have a code for you, which is PE25 that gets your community members 25% off your first month. So seven day free trial plus 25% off when you sign up through our website. And then I would love for you to come say hi on social. I'm at Megan Roop and at the Sculpt Society. Wonderful. Well, Megan, thank you so much. It's so nice to finally meet you in person over Zoom and just continued success in the new year. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for joining me on Live Purely with Elizabeth. I hope you feel inspired to thrive on your wellness journey. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to rate, subscribe, and review. You can follow us on Instagram at purely underscore Elizabeth to catch up on all the latest. See you next Wednesday on the podcast.